All right, so we're doing a recording for the Montana Music Project, and we're going to be interviewing Karen Hoffman about uh, just her background with music. Karen, do you mind telling me a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm a senior at Carroll College. I'm majoring in biology, and I'm minoring in music and English writing. Nice. What brought your interest to music? When I was five, I was really dramatic, and so my mom thought if we put her in musical theater, she can like get that all out at theater class. She was wrong, but I really liked musical theater, and um, it was discovered that I had a natural talent for singing. Nice. Do you think that, like, where is that where you primarily made your friends growing up, was in musical theater? No, I think most of my friends were from school, and I was actually one of the youngest people in my class. So almost all the other kids were older than me. Okay. Was this musical theater through the school, or was it through just another outside program? It was through Lake Stevens Dance Academy. So I did the theater class and ballet, tap jazz, lyrical Irish. Any, what, any others? Just oh, tap jazz? Okay. Which of those was your favorite? I love tap. I thought that was really fun. I thought ballet was boring, but it was a requirement to take other classes, so. I feel like ballet is just a staple in dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, where did that take you from there? What did you start doing after dancing, tap dance and all that? What was the next step for your musical career? When I was in third grade, our music teacher was somewhat... He was like a liaison slash recruiter for Seattle Children's Chorus. So in our music class at school, he tested our range, if we could reproduce pitches. And he was like, wow, I think you're a great singer. I think that you should try out for Seattle Children's Chorus. He sent a note home with my mom. And she's like, oh, well, is this something you want to do? And I was like, yeah, I think I'll try it. it sounds fun. So I went to the audition. The director was Chris Mason. She she still works there. She's super old. It's crazy. Um, and she did my audition, and she was like, yeah, we think that you'd be a good match, and you can start in Brio, which was at the time the youngest group. And I literally started that day, and I did that until I was 13. Wow, and so Chris Mason, what else did, like, how did she play into your life with music? So through Seattle Children's Chorus was where I learned... Most of my first music theory ever, and that just built on to my music career when I did chorus in my high school later, and as I did musical theater, I like could read music and recognize note names and understand more music theory. And then around seven and eight, I took piano, and that also helped me to learn more music theory. And did you enjoy piano more than like tap dancing and everything that you had done with the theater? I think I enjoyed everything. I I don't remember enjoying practicing piano that much. Right. I thought it was like, it was fun to perform and learn pieces, but practicing all the time when you were probably. young, it gets tedious. Right. And But you need all those basic like scales and all those skills to build upon if you want to be a good musician later. Mm. Are there any other instruments you know how to play? Um... I'm a professional at the kazoo, actually. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, you are in choir, correct? 
Yeah, I'm in choir. I have a choir scholarship at Carroll. Oh, really? So you were doing choir prior than going to school here then? Yeah. Okay. So I did Seattle Children's Chorus oh, from right. 8 that's to right. 13. And then I started at school choir in middle school and did that all the way up until I graduated high school. And I was in the audition and jazz choir at my high school Okay. for three years. Okay. Why choir? What do you enjoy about choir? It's just like a fun camaraderie and it sort of takes a little bit of the pressure off. You're not like having to solo. Mm -hmm. So you can sort of rely on your fellow choir members if you're alike lacking in some plays. And there's also the chance for leadership. So if you have a certain section like a little bit better, then you can help the people around you. And as you sort of move up, in your age so like when you're a freshman you're sort of relying on the older kids to sort of be a role model but now I'm a senior and I feel like I'm sort of the role model for the incoming freshmen and just like the underclassmen in choir this year. Yeah that's really cool because like I think so I tried choir when I was young and it didn't go well because I was nervous to sing in front of others. Did you ever have that problem or did you ever like have to deal with stage fright? Is that something you had to overcome? I feel like since I started performing at such a young age, I didn't really develop stage fright. I know that some other young singers and performers would, but I don't know. I just had a sort of a natural level of confidence in my abilities, and I was able to just get up on stage no problem. I probably get more nervous now performing in front of small audiences. I feel like when you have a big audience, you can't really see everybody, and... There's more opinions in the room, so at least one person is bound to like you. But if you have, like, a small audience that's a little bit more intimate and you can see everybody, and that makes me a little bit more nervous. Hmm. I guess that's a fair point. I guess I never thought about that. But it is better if you can take your nervousness and turn it into excitement because nervousness is really just wasted energy, but excitement, that's going to hype you up for to do well in your performance and remember that it's something that you enjoy to do and that you should just enjoy performing no matter how it goes. Do you have a ritual that you go through before you perform? No, not really. No? Okay. No, I heard it's good to eat a banana because it has like anti-anxiety properties. My aunt, she plays the upright bass in New York and she's played with a lot of really awesome symphonies and she's played at Carnegie Hall as well and she said that a lot of big musicians they will eat a banana before an audition or before a performance because it'll like calm you down. Oh, <laughs> I've not tried it yet, but I believe her. I'll do that for like my next exam. I'll need to call them. <laughs> um, how do you think that being in musical arts has helped you grow just as an individual? And like, what skills do you think that challenges within music? How like what? What skills have you developed from challenge or facing challenges in music, I guess? I feel like one big thing for a lot of people in music is just developing your confidence. Just to know that you had a natural ability in something and even if you didn't, that you worked hard to build upon it. And no matter how your performance goes, like you know how you were when you started and how you've grown and you can see like a progress. So I feel like that really helps with your confidence when you can see that when you work hard at something, it pays off. Right. 
have you had any sort of challenges that you've had to overcome since you started performing choir in Helena at Carroll? Not specifically at Carroll. Maybe we had a lot of director changes. So when I first came here, we had Dr. Cerny, and he was awesome. And then he left and took a job at another college in a different state. And so we sort of had to transition to a temporary director, and he was good, but always said, I'm only taking this as a temporary position. And now we have Dr. Marcassini, and she's the new choir director, and hopefully she'll be here for a long time because that was somewhat of a struggle, just having to switch so often between like directing styles and just like how that is and like a different group dynamic. So I apologize for my ignorance, but what is the role of the director within a choir? Like how does, how did having a change in who was directing pose as a challenge, I guess? So at Carroll, choir is a class you take for credit, but the director in any choir will usually guide rehearsals and they will conduct the songs. They usually choose music, and of course for the class, they're also like the professor. Right, okay. And so every director sort of has their own flair, their own style, their own way of conducting, what music they're going to choose, how they want your vowels to sound on certain pieces, how they want you to stand, what they want you to wear. It's like all down to like even the smallest details. Obviously some things carry over from for all directors, hopefully right. they like all know basic music theory and stuff, but you know, it's just like a difference of personal preference that you sort of have to get used to. And so, yeah, it's sort of a struggle just to have so many transitions in such a short period of time. And then also kids are graduating and new people are coming in. And so the choir is constantly changing, but you want to still uphold like the quality and like the standards of sound that we're producing because we do perform in the community and we want to keep up our reputation uh, through all those changes. Right. But I think all the directors did a good job in their own respect and I hope that Dr. Marcassini sticks around for a long time. Right. Even though I will be gone. Yeah. You mentioned doing performances in the community. How do those usually get set up and what, like what do those usually look like? So we always perform at at least a couple masses at the cathedral, mm. and that's usually just between like the school and the director and the cathedral, just like which masses would be best for us to come and sing at, and we'll sing usually with the cathedral choir. And then this semester we've also been performing on campus at our Carroll College Sunday night masses. So that's usually between Father Mark and the rest of the sort of on-campus ministry and Dr. Marcassini. Right. And then we'll have our concert that's just the Carroll College Choir coming up in December. Okay. Are you involved in any of the musical arts outside of choir at Carroll? No. No? So you haven't done like the theater here before or anything like that? No, I've never done theater. I'm taking the intro to piano okay. keyboarding class. And you mentioned that you'd had some previous experience with piano just in the past. Yeah, I took lessons when I was younger 
and I feel like that gave me like a little bit of a leg up in the class since right. I already knew music theory, how to read music, and just like basically the notes and scales of the piano. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm still learning a lot of new things in the class and just perfecting my performance skills a little bit more. What are some of the things that go into a good performance for a piano recital? Practice. It's really all about practice and repetition and getting all those details right. And it's not always about like, you know, the speed that you're playing because every piece has its tempo, but that's one of the biggest things is timing Mm. in music. Because if you're not doing the right timing, then you're technically not doing the right notes either. Okay. If you're not doing the right note at the right time, then it's the wrong note. Right. So what I recommend for anybody who's new to piano or working on a more challenging piece is play it as slowly in the tempo that you possibly can, getting all the correct hand placements and getting all the notes. Because it just sounds bad if you're speeding up and slowing down to like move. So just start off slow, practice with a metronome if you want to, and then once you get that down, then you can get the piece up to the speed it's meant to be. I would imagine that's probably true with lots of things within performing arts and music yeah. is just taking time to practice and making sure that you have the timing correct. Yeah, it's all about rehearsal. Practice, practice, practice. Like, even if something seems really difficult, if you practice it enough, you can do it. And, like, yeah, in choir rehearsal, sometimes we'll take things at a third of the tempo or, like, even half and do it really slow until we get it right and then speed up. So, kind of, what what do you think your next step is with music, I guess? I know that, well, you can talk a little bit about it. What is your plan for after school, just in general? So, my plan right now is to apply to medical school. And I don't know where music will fall into that. If there's a local choir that I can join and have time to join, I probably will. That's one of the things about music is, like, you can take it with you pretty much your whole life a lot of sports you can do for a a certain amount of time and then your body's had enough football most people don't make it into the NFL and even if you do it's not a particularly long career but if you sing or play an instrument you can do that pretty much until you die and so that's something you can take with you everywhere so I know it'll still be a part of my life I just don't know how yet I guess that's sort of up to God and he has always kept me on my toes, so we'll just see what he surprises with. What he surprises me with next, we'll just have to see. Right. After college, where I end up. And I think it's nice too, because music's one of those things where it's just everywhere. Like, there's an abundance of it, and there's always like musical communities everywhere you go, so mm-hmm. you always have options. Um, do you ever think, like with choir, you mentioned the position of director? Could you ever see yourself doing that? Because you you also talked about how you see yourself as a leader to some of the newer students that are incoming. Do you think that you could see yourself doing that in the future with a choir of your own? Well, it's interesting that you say that because... So I'm planning on becoming a physician, specifically a surgeon. And I feel like the teamwork that goes into musicianship and like a choir relate to the operating room so much. Actually, 85% of doctors have a background in music. 
So I see the director as somebody who is a great delegator, who can understand the strengths and weaknesses of each part. You can't have a choir with just one person. Mm-hmm. Then it's just a solo. Right. So you have the basses and the tenors and the altos and the sopranos, and each part plays its role within the songs, within the piece. So your job as the director is to see which piece, first of all, will like go well with the, with the choir that I have. Mm-hmm. And then within that piece, okay, which parts are going to do the best on like which parts and what dynamics do we need to have in which, which measures and, you know, all those sort of details. And so I feel like as a surgeon, as the lead surgeon, that's your job. You have to sort of delegate to everybody else in the operating room. What scrub nurse am I going to want next to me in my operating room? What instruments in the operating room am I going to use and at what time? So I feel like there's so much overlap. So I don't know if I'll ever be a musical leader, but I think that I can take a lot of those skills with me into a physician role. Cool. How do you think that being involved with music and having to learn music theory, as you've mentioned a couple of times, how has that changed <clears throat> just your outlook on music in general? Like, I'm sure it's giving you an appreciation for it, but other than that, like, uh, I guess, yeah, just what's your general outlook on music now and just kind of how you, I don't know, just what's your outlook on music? I think music is such an interesting and dynamic part of our lives. It it really comes in everywhere. There's not a day goes by I don't hear music. It's in your favorite movies, TV shows. Yeah, I hear it in the car. There's songs about fermentation for biochemistry. Right. It's it's everywhere. And I think like learning music theory is it was awesome for me because yeah, it definitely gave me an appreciation for it music a little bit different than just the average ear like I can hear in a piece like oh they used like this key I wonder why they like chose this key like for the mood of the piece or mm-hmm. oh I hear that they have a scale in there like you know um, you're just a little more attentive to music than someone yeah who and so I can courses. like see what the like, composer did and right um yeah, I feel like I can just like analyze it a little bit better. So, for me growing up, I played soccer. I didn't, I mean, I did a little bit with music growing up, but like primarily my interest was in soccer. And one of the things that really drew me into the sport as a whole was having experiences like camps when I was growing up. Did you have any experiences like that that like influenced your? with music? Yeah, so I did a couple camps growing up for musical theater. Some of them were at Broadway Bound Children's Theater, which I did starting in fourth grade until seventh grade, I think, was my last show with them. Broadway, what was it again? Sorry. Broadway Bound. And what is that? It's a children's theater in Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, you did that till you were 12? Mm, I was probably like 13. That was my last show, and I think I did six or seven shows with them, and then I did some of their, like, 
summer programs that were like three weeks long and you'd do sort of like a mini version of a musical and then one big opportunity I got was when I was 12 and I sent an audition tape to Interlochen School which is a school in Michigan and it's like an arts camp and they it's mostly performing arts so dance music musical theater but they also had sculpting and painting Mm -hmm. and so I went I got in to the like intermediate program so there's like the younger kids I think they would say that they're juniors and then I was like in the intermediate and then there was like older kids that were more like high school age and I did the six-week program for musical theater and we and performed. were there the whole six weeks yeah okay. so I flew to Michigan unaccompanied a minor <laughs> wow. and I stayed at the camp for six weeks and did that and yeah it was like full-on we had uniforms we had rehearsal every day so you were 12 and you're going to this camp by yourself mm-hmm. were you yeah. nervous was, that must have been like no a little I was a very independent kid I mean I'm still pretty independent I'm the only one of my siblings to go to college so far don't think my brother will and yeah I mean I've probably been away from home the longest out of any of them mm-hmm. and no I was just excited I had a great time I made friends that I still talk to and yeah so we did Cinderella we had to go through the whole audition process and everything mm-hmm. I had a song prepared I sang I did my monologue I was one of the younger kids in my program, so I was competing with a lot of high school students, so I mean, it makes sense that they got the lead roles, but, and I got more of an ensemble role, but I, it was still really fun, and I feel like I did a lot of developing of my voice and of my character role and my acting abilities. Right. Yep. And dancing. We did a lot of dancing. Fun. Yeah. So the friends you made there, you said you're still in touch with them? Are any of them still pursuing music, or is it really just Yeah, some of them have gone to college for theater, and we're friends on Facebook, so I don't know if I necessarily talk to them that much, but I've sort of seen their life progress, and some of them, yeah, some of them have gone to school for it, and are still sort of in the field, in the musical theater field, a lot of them living in New York. Okay. Our theater is big. Do you there. did you growing up? Did you have any like dreams of what you might have wanted to do, like Broadway or something like that? Yeah, I wanted to be on Broadway when I was five. That was my dream. Everyone would say, "Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up?" I want to be on Broadway, which is not usually like such a typical thing for a young child to say. But mm-hmm. I had my heart set on that and. Only later, in when I was 13, did I change my mind. Now I want to be a surgeon, but... What made you change your mind? Why did you... Like, why no longer Broadway? Uh, long story short, I knew that Broadway might not be the most realistic career choice because it's difficult to get into and make money out of it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I just fell in love with biology, with uh, anatomy. I thought it was so interesting. And, yeah, I just really wanted to help people in a different way. Um, what kind of music inspires you? Like, I guess, who inspires you within music? Mm. I like a lot of classical composers. Tchaikovsky is one of my faves. Bach, who doesn't love Bach? Beethoven, he's cool. 
But I also like a lot of modern music as well. Just like top 100 stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not that into rap. (laughs) I also love jazz. I was in jazz choir for three years. Mm -hmm. Nina Simone. Who is Nina Simone? Um, She was a jazz singer during sort of like... I don't want to say any specific dates because I'll probably be wrong. But I know that she faced like some racism. So I think I want to say it was around sort of like the Jim Crow era. Okay. But yeah, she like overcame that. And yeah, her music is, I think she's really good, really talented singer. That's not her real name. Right, okay. I don't know what her real name is, but one of her producers or something started calling her Nina, which is in Spanish for girl. And so she just shortened it to, or like changed it a little bit to Nina, Nina Simone. That's how she got her name. I guess I'm inspired by musicians who had to overcome a lot and still change the face of music with their with their work. For sure. Do you think, like what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with music? Like someone who's, maybe someone gets into choir and they don't feel like they fit into the choir, what sort of advice would you give them or how, how might you help them? Just keep looking for music that you enjoy. Obviously, if you joined choir, you either did it for a credit, which, you know, I guess it might not be a whole lot of effort if you don't want to. You could probably still get a good grade without necessarily putting a lot of time and effort into it, although I think that's pretty lame and you should try. Um, Or the other reason is that you love music, and if you loved music from the beginning, you should just try to remember, well, what did I love about music? And go back to that, and maybe choral music is not for you, and you should try some different fields. Like, music is so broad, and I feel like there's a genre for everybody. Right. And if there's not, you can make one. Write your own music mm-hmm. if you want to. Do you have any... We talked a little bit about your performances earlier, and how you would perform at Mass, mm-hmm. and then also how you would perform like within the community. Um... And then even back to, like, Interlochen, do you have any, like, performances that just, like, stand out as some of your favorites that you've been involved in? And, like, what made those special to you? Probably my most favorite performance to date was at my grandfather's memorial service because he was, like, such an important person in my life. And he he supported me through everything. Like, he would show up to every single one of my performances no matter what. And he also helped me, like, to feed my dreams and my goals by taking me out to musicals. So we'd do, like, grandpa and granddaughter little dates, and Mm -hmm. we'd go to the Fifth Avenue Theater or Seattle Musical Theater. And, like, he lived in Seattle, so sometimes I would even stay with him to go to those um, camps at Broadway Bound, and he would drive me every day and... Yeah, I mean, he was just, like, such a big support. Did he have, like, a natural love for music? Or, like, I I guess, did he enjoy music because you enjoyed music? Or did he enjoy music because he enjoyed music, I guess? Um, well, he, he had kind of a tough childhood. And he grew up with parents that weren't, like, around all the time. He was sort of left to his own. So I'm not sure if he, like, grew up with a lot of music in his house, 
But something that was really important to him was his religion and his faith. Mm -hmm. And he grew up a Catholic and he died a Catholic. And I think that mass music meant a lot to him. And I never heard him sing well, but I always heard him sing at mass with passion. And I think that's the most important part. And, um, I mean, he just loves his grandkids. And so he supported us no matter what the activity was. Right. I mean, but it does sound like he had a special appreciation for your interest in music as well. Yeah, absolutely. He was, he brags a lot or did brag to a lot of people like, oh, my granddaughter, she has such a beautiful voice and he's so sweet and yeah one time my jazz choir we did caroling at his nursing home okay and um yeah so we did our set of carols and everything and then this little old lady raises her hand and my choir teacher's like oh yeah like go ahead and she's like oh I want to know which one of you is Bob's granddaughter, and I want her to sing because he brags about her all the time, and I have to hear what all this hype is about. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay. So just impromptu. Had to sing on the spot. Had to sing on the spot. And I was like, okay, well, um, I know, Mary, did you know? I guess I can just sing that. And so I sang it, and she was blown away, and she was like, okay, Bob, like, you can keep bragging because she's she's talented and I was like oh thank you so much and yeah, so my mom cool. recorded it and put it on Facebook <laughs> she was like impromptu nice. singing by Karen um yeah so anyway singing at his funeral was it was awesome and I guess my only regret is not singing for him more because I know how much he loved it but I know that he was looking down on me and um yeah I think it's probably one of my best performances I've ever done yeah. And uh, it was just, it was such an honor to um, remember him in that way. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, let's see here. <laughs>